You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. Hampton Roads has a long-running high school and college sports tradition. It's time to give them the spotlight they deserve. This is 757 Saturday Sports Talk on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Here are Matt Hatfield and Coach Ed Young. Well, you got one half of that right as the heat lightning walk our way. We greet you this morning on the road again. Yes, we are from the Boo Williams Sportsplex, the palatial Blue Williams Sportsplex in Hampton for the 2023 Hoop Group Southern Jam Fest. We've been doing our show here every May for about, I think, 12, 13 years minus the pandemic year when they did not have a Hoop Group Southern Jam Fest, so that would have been like three years ago. I am Matt Halffield. We've got the legendary Al, don't call him Capone, Foreman in the house. We've got Mr. James Timmons in the house. we got A.J. Risser back in our beautiful Virginia Beach studios as he's rocking out this morning with the Orioles still in second place, fresh off a win over the Blue Jays yesterday. Did you did you make a trip to Birdland? I think I saw you last weekend on TV. Was that you or was that your twin brother, AJ? No, it wasn't me. It wasn't me this oh, okay. time. It looked just like you. I should have taken a picture and sent it to you. I will I be making a trip soon. Ganger. I will be making a trip soon, though. Okay. Is that to go watch them bash Ed's Yankees? Actually, yes. It is going oh. to be my birthday weekend in July. Good for you. And listen, if you don't win, we know why. Because as somebody once said on this radio station many moons ago, lie if you can, steal if you must, but always cheat. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Especially if you're Aaron Judge. Well, he's a great player. He's a great player, but some people go by that mantra. Uh, the coach, Ed Young, is stuck in traffic, ladies and gents, because if you know Ed Young like we do, he's not only a living legendary basketball coach with 500-plus wins, he's known for giving his hot takes, his bold opinions, but uh, he's not always the most punctual individual in the world. That's okay. I'm sure he will come in here and make fun of my hair, my picks, my life, and my Diamondbacks, who did not win yesterday against the Pirates for that matter either. But enough of the baseball talk for now. However, we'll get to some later on in the show. High school baseball playoffs and spring sports playoffs are right around the corner, so we'll be Diving into that a little bit more in the next couple of weeks as we get closer to spring jubilee time for that. But as always on 757 Saturday Sports Talk, it's powered by Larry King Law. If you're injured in an accident, you know who to call, 757-I-N-J-U-R-E-D for Larry King. We like to touch on everything on this show from pro and college sports to local material, high school sports, and so much more. And as we do from time to time here at the Hoop Group Southern Jam Fest, we like to bring on different cast of characters and guests. We'll be talking with our good buddy Steve Keller from the National Recruiting Report later on in the show. We should have Clint Wright, the head basketball coach of Lakeland, who is coaching one of these AAU teams in the 11 o'clock hour. I think he's, his team is actually tipping off in about seven, eight minutes. We may have the president of the Hoop Group, Rob Kennedy. If he is in the house, I know he was at the Virginia Beach Sports Center last night. And I bring that up because this year, the Hoop Group Southern Jam Fest, if you want to see who's playing, you say, what is this? Well, it's an AAU tournament that has many of the best teams and players all up and down the East Coast participating. If you want to know who's playing, your best way, assuming you have a mobile device, and most everybody has one except our good buddy Jerry in Norfolk. we got to get him one, though, one day. Anyhow, uh, just go on the Hoop Group app and pull up the schedule, and you can see who's playing at Southern Jam Fest through that. And a lot of games are staggered all through the... What do we have here? Eight courts? I think it's eight courts here at the Boo Williams Sportsplex. 
four on the left side when you walk in, which is the green side, four on the right side, which is the orange side. And then at the Virginia Beach Sports Center, which has about, I think, 12 courts. They have a track on the right, and this is a multi-purpose track uh, basketball facility on the left side here. But uh, you've got all kinds of teams. Now, Boo Williams' 17-and-under elite travel team is not playing here for the first time that I can ever recall, which is odd. But their 16-and-under team is playing. A couple of their uh, select teams, which is not like your elite travel team, are participating this weekend at various age groups from 17 to 16 and 15-under. And then you have a team loaded from Virginia, which is the travel group that has really boomed in the last several years, organized by Ty White, the state championship coach at John Marshall. They'll be in action later today. But you can just pull up the app on there and go to the Hoop Group website and see all of the teams that are playing and everything that's happening over here at the Booplex. We've had a lot of neat guests over the years, from Jay Billis and Tim Legler to so many more, and even Shaq's son, Sharif O'Neal, who Al did not get his autograph. He hasn't made it big like Shaq, who's on Inside the NBA with Charles Barkley, Kenny Smith, and Ernie Johnson. But a lot to talk about with you this morning, including picking the ponies with the Preakness 2. Have you got your three horses uh, situated there yet, AJ? I mean, you don't have to get them out in the air just yet. We like to do that for the end. Have you got your – have you – have you zeroed in on the horses that you like for this race? No, Which not Which is not yet. as there's good as a, the Derby. There's a couple. Just no, I haven't really zoned in yet on them. Now, didn't one of the horses, was it first mission, got scratched due to uh, like a left hind foot issue? Something like that I saw, which was like the second morning line favorite yesterday, I believe I saw. Well, based on what happened at the Kentucky Derby, I'm not surprised oh. that we're already we're seeing horses get scratched late. I mean, goodness. I don't know what more uh, suspicious activities happening with between baseball with putting uh, the sticky stuff on your hands and guys looking over for signs and trying to hit home runs or, or the horse racing where Bob Baffert will be allowed to be at the Preakness and the Belmont. He's been banned from uh, Churchill from uh, Kentucky Derby. I think he's at, that ban is uh, lifted next year. But uh, his horse could certainly make a little push in this thing today. Um, but anyhow, we'll go through some of that later on here on the program. But the phone lines are open if you want to hop in here with us at 757-687-9494. Anything you want to talk about in the world of sports, that's area code 757-687-9494. And being the publisher for Virginia Preps, and I was at the Sports Center last night, I'll be here at the Booplex today and tomorrow. This is one of the biggest AAU events on the calendar for us in the Commonwealth of Virginia as you have teams and players not just from Virginia but all up and down the East Coast from New Jersey to Pennsylvania to D.C. to North Carolina, South Carolina, and everywhere in between. Uh, I ask a lot of the kids, you'll get a kick out of this probably, AJ, that I interviewed, like, for example, uh, Jordan Scott, who might be the best class of 2025 basketball player in our state from South Lakes High School in Western Virginia. He plays for Virginia Elite 1600 travel team. We'll have an interview up on Virginia Preps with him. His dad, Jerome Scott, played at Miami. His mom, Christy Winter Scott, is on a lot of the Wizards uh, telecast, I think as a studio analyst, also does some Mystics work and played for the University of Maryland, was a star for them. Also was a star at South Lakes High School. So a, a Lady Terp, if you will. But I asked Jordan Scott and a kid from Colgan High School, uh, Nate Amint, and a couple others, who you got? This was as the games were going on last night, or the one game, which, was, which we'll get to, Boston's gag job in game number two at home against Miami. Who, who wins the championship? Who wins the ship? Celtics, Heat, Nuggets, Lakers. And believe it or not, if I'm not mistaken, A.J., when the playoffs began, the three favorites were, in no particular order, Celtics, Bucks, and Suns, with the Sixers, I think, tied for fourth with the Denver Nuggets. And now every kid I interviewed last night, I think all five of them, 
said Nuggets. They all took the Nuggets as Al and Jimmy are trying to. I wish I had a video of this. This is incredible right here. They, they're, they're, I'm, I'm now distracted because they're messing with headsets, which if we had just left them alone from the beginning, we wouldn't have this problem. But anyhow, so we'll pop Ed on here after they get the headsets untangled. And I have no idea if he's on two or three. Well, also, but if Ed would have showed up early, too. We wouldn't have this problem. Exactly yeah. right. Exactly right. As he puts his headset on now, and then we'll get him on in a second, get his thoughts. But how about this, though, AJ? The Nuggets, who I think are the most disrespected team, and here's my point with where I'm going with all this. They beat the Lakers. After game one, the narrative is, well, the Lakers made this great run, and you know they, they got the secret now how to stop Jokic and beat them because Joker didn't score in the fourth quarter. And all that, and then the Lakers get up double figures in the fourth quarter. And it's well, you know, LeBron's been on 100, percent and now they're 2-0. That they're going back to LA. There's going to be 2-2 when they go back to Game Five. How about sideline reporter Lisa Salters said on the Rich Eisen show that before Game One, she had never seen Nikola Jokic play. How is that possible? You're working the finals. You're working for ABC. How have you not seen a two-time MVP in the league play? I mean, I'm if, just absolutely stunned by that. If you look at, at sports things in the in Denver over the last couple of years, the only thing that was uh, made famous wasn't even really sports related. It was just the awful photo shoot of Russell uh, Wilson and his Broncos country. Let's ride. So <laughs> I'm not surprised that the, the Rockies, they suck. The, the Broncos, they suck. The Nuggets are good, but it's Denver. But, but hold on now, AJ. I can ask a 14-year-old kid in front of me from, uh, who you with, Gar- uh, Garner Road, Atlantic Celtics. Over He's seen Jokic play. How does Lisa Salters, who's working the stinking telecast, not seen the guy play? And by the way, Jamal Murray, I'm not going to crown him the greatest guard of all time. But I will tell you this. I think he's the best active guard in the league who has not been named to an all-star team yet. I- I'm not saying he's all NBA, but he's not been to an all-star team yet. And that guy's a really, really, really good number two. Not sure he'd be a number one guy on a, on a great championship team, but he has been splendid in the fourth quarter of these two games. And Michael Malone has every right to play Rodney Dangerfield. No respect. Look at the lines this morning, whether you whether you subscribe to, and I know we have commercials for DraftKings and FanDuel, different places all on our, on our wonderful station here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Just barely by a smidge are the Nuggets the championship favorite. And they're up two games to love. Hello? They give this team no respect. And here's the guy who's always willing. Go ahead, Ray J. I was going to say, you, you look at what Miami's done. I mean, uh, taking down Milwaukee, going up 2-0 against, uh, uh, against in, the, in the Eastern Finals right now. I mean, it's. I think the, the, the betters are starting to realize, well, maybe Jimmy Butler is a little bit scarier than you think. And, and I think that's uh, what's going to happen is I look at Miami and I think that they're going to win this series i don't know if they win this series outright like a four and they're not i don't think they're sweeping but they have looked really impressive in these first two games and i think that because of what jimmy butler has done with that heat team i think people are are seriously just afraid of the miami heat as we're we're seemingly having some tactical difficulties here matt are you with us no no i'm with you okay there you go uh, checking some things here but uh I, i think definitely grant williams and the celtics are afraid now but we now bring in the coach Ed Young, who has uh, arrived, and uh, how are you, sir? I, I just had a trip from hell, from Suffolk, and we, I don't want to get into too, too, too much. And I left at 8.50. Well, in that's my, way too late. The GPS it's tells me I, arrive at, I will arrive at 9.36. Well, well, let me ask you this. I left Virginia Beach at 8.15. Well, what, what's that got to do with me? That's further than Suffolk, 8.50. So I, I got here on time. Right. Now, understand Suffolk has railroad tracks. 
this guy gets stuck by a train. But being smart like I am, I back away, do a U-turn illegally, bump two cars. I go down a side road that I only I know about, you figure I got him beat. Cops are listening to this. Well, they ain't going to get me. Oh, they'll find you. So, anyways, I hit the same train. So, it let make a long story shorter, which is almost impossible for yeah, me. Yeah, with you. Very I get impossible. on 664. I'm going 73 miles an hour, which is over the speed limit. And I all of a sudden, the light flashes and says, one lane uh, one lane down in the tunnel. I'm figuring, okay, that's the one from, from Hampton to here, correct? Nope. That's the one I'm in. So, I quickly, being smart as I am, jump off. JRB. I'm going to go take the JRB. Take the JRB like 97,000 other people do. I counted the lights. 67 lights. I'm going to guess how many red lights I got you out did, of the 67. You did not have 67, 67 lights. 67 lights I counted. That's an exaggeration. Yeah, we're, we're not believing that 67 one bit. lights I counted them. That's a bigger lie than what they said before Congress with uh, all those guys with steroids. Come now, on. Now, now. And now, because when I teach my McGuire, kids in driver's ed, so I tell them, Paul guys. Murphy's Law is always in effect. If you're in a hurry to go somewhere, every time you're going to have every delay possible. 60, we don't, we don't 67 have 67 lights. lights at Hampton Road. What are you talking about? Mercury Boulevard, which I just came down itself, has 27 well, was, of them. That was your first mistake. Yeah, because I had to take JRB, JRB or whatever it's called. That was your first mistake. Out of the 67 lights, guess how many red lights I got? All but four. Oh. All but four. So you do the math for those people who need to do it. Now, I get in the building. I have to pay to get in. No, My name's said, not left at the door. Your name was left at the door. Well, they, I'm Ned Ed Young, and they said, yeah, 10 bucks or whatever it was. So I paid. That is a lie. Now I come down that and was I just sit a late down fee. here. That, I was, sit, that was a late fee. Exactly, AJ. Good job. I sit here, and I got to see Matt Hatfield in shorts. Now, if that's not a scary thought, uh, I, mean, I got to see him in shorts, hair all greased up, okay? And, and, you know, and I'm looking at all this stuff going on, and I have to endure this. Now, I did get a police escort because I know a few people, right? This is the kind of respect I get. I get a police escort, and the third dude in the escort pulls me over for going too fast. Well, what do I get an escort for if I'm getting a pullover? I just got a talking to, and that was it. But that was a 27-minute talk. But anyways, I'm here. It's a lot of basketball. My Yankees are winning. Um, cheating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're <laughs> cheating, sure, yeah. Understand this. When you're the best at anything, those that cannot come to your level will always try to do anything to dispel you because they'll never get to your level. So you can say Aaron Judge is cheating. And, and the German dude or whatever his name is, Herman, whatever, he's got um, He's not grease. German, I can tell you that. Yeah, he's not German. He's got a pine tar on his face. Now, that, that was outright ridiculous. Uh, but Max Scherzer uh, and about seven other guys I can name, wait, but wait, I won't. Time out. Let me stop I'll right have him right there. See, you want, every time something goes wrong with your particular team or something, it's like, well, well, Johnny did it too. Little Max Scherzer did it across town, did it too. Yes, Who he cares? Did. Two wrongs don't make a right. Don't you know that right by now, Edward Young? And Judge is on his way for 56 home runs. People he don't is. want to see it again. He's one of the absolute best players in baseball. Nobody bullpen, wants to your see it. Will gag it away. Yeah, we got it. We got to trade for. We got. We're gonna make some trades. Hey, what about your AAA team? They got anybody Arizona D-backs we can get? Well, you can have anybody in our bullpen. You can, what do you want? Well, maybe we get what one of their that stars. That guy that gagged it in the ninth against the uh, Nationals a couple weeks. Are they in last place yet? Because I know they were in first like no, eight weeks ago. No, they're in second place. They're, oh, that's a bad they're division. In a wild card. Eh, not a bad division. That's San a Diego, bad division. San Diego is underachieving. They aren't achieving. Yeah, they're, they're, what they, spoo- t- they spent $10 billion on, what, six players, and they're what, the well, third the Mets, place? the Mets are the same. They're 23 and 23. They Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I do want to get to, if we have time today, if not today, we'll do it next week. Uh, Mad Dog Russo from, uh, of course, he's on ESPN First Take with Steven. I know he's not Rister's favorite guy, but I grew up on Mike and the Mad Dog. He's also on uh, High Heat on MLB Network. 
he did his eight guys that are currently active players that he views as Hall of Famers. I want to see if Ed agrees with this list, and uh, I will give you my thoughts on it as well. But as I see, former is that former Ed Young manager Jamar Simmons in the orange? There's there? Jay. Yeah, Jay Sims. We we Jay should. Do we, we got should time. Have we, have we have time. We have time. For Let's get Jay Sims on. That kid. That guy's. I call him a kid still. He's one of the greatest yeah. managers I ever had. But he's a young man that is involved well, we have, in a lot of we stuff. Have a commercial break coming up. We'll hear from Steve Keller. We'll get some uh, various people on the show. I want to get Ed Young's take on uh, the NFHS rule change with the uh, foul situation. I don't want to go on any rants today. I want to be calm, cool, uh, collect. I don't want to have a heart attack. I don't want to be stressed. There's a lot of good hoops going on. Don't try to rile me up, Hatfield, because you always do. But we'll take a timeout. we got more to do here from the Boo Williams Sportsplex in Hampton. Give us a call if you like it, 757-687-9494 on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Hampton Roads has a long-running high school and college sports tradition. It's time to give them the spotlight they deserve. This is 757 Saturday Sports Talk on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Here are Matt Hatfield and Coach Ed Young. And we greet you here from the palace that is the Boo Williams Sportsplex in Hampton, our annual extravaganza from the Booplex here for the 2023 Hoop Group Southern Jam Fest with the coach Ed Young. I am Matt Hatfield. We've got A.J. Risser back in our Virginia Beach studios. As always, the show is brought to you by Larry King Law. If you're injured in an accident, you know who to call at 757-INJ-U-R-E-D for Larry King. Gentlemen walked by us. Full-blown beard. Ed thought it was James Harden. It's one of the AAU coaches. Yeah, he looked like an older James Harden. James is not here. But Jamar Simmons, Ed Young's former manager and one of the league directors for the Benmore Fall League. And uh, I guess we could call him personal assistant from day-to-day, time-to-time for the legendary Boo Williams as well. Uh, Good morning, Jamar. Thanks for stopping by and getting us set up. Good morning. Jamar is on on live. I don't know how. Thank God he took a minute out because this dude works 25 hours a day. Well, here's the best thing i got to ask you, Jamar, out of the gate. So you used to be Ed Young's former manager, correct? Correct. That provided you a lot of sleepless nights, I'm sure. But I want to know, should he have left at 8.50 or well earlier than that from his home in Suffolk to get here in time? I would say he's got to leave before 8.50, don't you? Well, Matt, I would probably leave at 8.52 depending on what part of Suffolk I'm coming from. Oh, uh, See that? I drive like a... Uh, a speed demon. Did he pay you to say that? No, Jamar. No, Jamar speaks his piece. He's given me H before, and I deserved it. But he, uh, the thing said eight forty, I would get here. So why, why would I say, well, let me leave at seven o'clock? Well, eight forty. That means yeah. you would have got here in ten minutes before. That can't be right. If you left at eight fifty, you can't get here at eight forty. That's, That's impossible. What I'm That's what no, I'm trying 940. to say. No, I think you mean nine forty. Nine forty. That's what I said. Okay. Nine forty. I was going to say, if you get here 10 minutes before you left. And, Jay, I got a police escort, and here's how my luck is. The third guy in the escort pulled me over because he said I was going too fast. That's why I I got a police escort. I think he admitted to a hit and run on the air. No, I said somebody bumped me when I was doing a U-turn. Lies, lies. (laughs) Well, anyhow, uh, tell the folks uh, about your background a little bit. You were a manager for Ed, and how did you get involved with basketball and being pretty much spending, I guess you could say, Eight days a week and 25 hours a day in in basketball gyms like this one here and others around the area. It all came from a passion for the game. Uh, When I was at Nansen River, we had a gentleman by the name of Marquis Cook who was pretty good and ranked him. And we went to a lot of the holiday tournaments. So I just wanted to travel. And I I had to figure out a way that I could get on that team bus and go to some some of those holiday tournaments. And uh, being a severe asthmatic, my best bet was to be the team manager. So uh, I got in contact with Franklin Chapman. He was our varsity coach at the time. They sent me through a ringer. 
I was sent to uh, JV coach and then to the JV assistant before I could uh, even get in to wash the towel. But thankfully enough, I was able to get involved with the program. Um, I did get to travel to some of those tournaments and was able to make a career out of this thing, thankfully to Coach A. Young. Wow, that's impressive and high praise for, for my cohort here. But So you were around the, the great years. You mentioned Marquis Cook. I know he had some great players. Andre Jones, Nick Wright come to mind, who played at Winthrop and Old Dominion respectively. Uh, so I want to know, who's the best? This is going to get you in a hot, lot of hot water. Two questions. Who's the best player you've seen come out of Nansman River? A, and then B, who's the best player you've ever seen at one of these AAU events, be it at Ooh. Blue Williams or in the area? That's really putting you on the spot. Those are two tricky questions. <sighs> Take them in any order you like. This is a hot seat right here, yeah. man. That's why um, I give rapid fire with these kids. I put them on the spot. Best player I've seen come through Nansman River. It's two guys that come to mind immediately. Okay, I'll, give you, I'll let you get two. Uh, is a 1A and 1B. Marquis Cook, definitely. Seeing that every day, day in, day out, in practice, weight room, games, just his entire approach to the game was phenomenal. Uh, but my first exposure to Nansman River was the 94-95 team, and there was a two-guard by the name of Antoine Willie. I think and he still holds a school record for points, doesn't he? Yes. Yeah. He, I think he's maybe like 40 points ahead of Cook. Okay. Cook finished with 2,100 on the dot. I can't remember Antoine's cumulative uh, right off the top of my head. But uh, Antoine, Willie, Marquis Cook, two guys who definitely made me re bleed red and black through and through and wanted to be around the program from a very young age. I, I would concur. I didn't coach those two young men. I did not see Antoine play live. That was when I was took my uh, business up to back to Pennsylvania. But I saw Marquis Cook play, one of the strongest high school kids players ever at the guard position. Can dominate from that guard position. Few can do it. So, though, and Antoine Willie, people didn't see him, he missed a treat. Kid was just an automatic bucket. Now, how about the other question? Who's the best player you've seen, be it EYBL, be it Southern Jam Fest? We've had a lot of great – we've had pros come through here. I mean, we, we remember the years when Miles Bridges was in here, Thon Maker, Bam Adebayo was in here, who dazzled last night in a assist shy of a triple-double for the Miami Heat. I actually got to see him with my dad. In fact, it was funny, at the Chance Harmon Classic in Floyd County against yeah. Cape Henry, and he was a monster then. My dad said he looked like Alonzo Mourning, and we see how great he is now for the Heat two wins away from going back to the NBA Finals for the second time in four years. Mm -hmm last time back in the bubble, but he played for both Boo and, I believe, Team Loaded, if I, if I remember correctly, but who's Correct. the best player you've seen here at one of these events where you said, wow, he's going to be a pro or he's just different? Right out the gate, just a first look, it took about one minute for me to see Colin Sexton playing, and I don't want to say he's the best, but he's probably the quickest player I've been able to see and say, that guy's going to be a pro. And that, that word and that title's thrown around a lot on in the grassroots basketball circuit. But Colin Sexton, he had the game, he had the package, and he had the moxie. Uh, he, he didn't shy away from letting people know how he felt before he stepped on the court, when he was on the court, and after he came off the court. But he definitely could back it up. Um, Cam Thomas definitely was a, a great prolific scorer here. Um, man, Matt, it's so many. Bam, you mentioned Maker. I mean, shoot, we just saw a couple years ago. It's funny. I was just talking about this with Jimmy. We saw Derek Lively here. We saw uh, Amani Bates. 
And then Jalen Duran was probably the third highest talked about guy, and he's in the league averaging almost a double-double right out of the gate with the Pistons. Duran had a phenomenal show yeah. uh, a few years ago. But he here. might have been ranked lower than the other two. I know he was ranked lower than Amani Bates at the time. Yeah, he definitely was, but his game, his game spoke at a high level. And uh, it's, it's just been so many greats to come through. Even just through Boo's program, you can look up at the walls, see some of the banners of the guys who came through the program, contributed. And then when you talk about the Southern Jam Fest, I think this is probably the best event, definitely on the East Coast, if not in the country, when you talk about compiling elite talent from every circuit and independent basketball clubs. Before I turn it back over to Ed, I can't forget about Keldon Johnson, who has his number up here, who played for Boo. And uh, I know Keldon's excited because Victor Wembenyama is going to uh, the Spurs, my dad's team, to join Keldon and join forces to try to make them a contender sooner than later to help Greg Popovich possibly get another ring before he hangs it up eventually. And uh, Keldon might be the best player for Boo in the last several years, although Boo has so many greats going back to Alonzo and Allen Iverson and Joe Smith and Timmy Smith, and the list just goes on and on. So I, I'm going to put you on the spot one more here. Thought about it. Do you know off the top of your head, I'm sure people out there can figure it out if you don't, how many NBA players Boo has had come out of its program? I don't know the number right off the top. If you had asked me three years ago, I could have gave you the exact number. Okay. Um, but I don't know the, the number right off the top. I just know it's a lot. It's more than 30. I know that. I would yes. say, yeah, for sure. I know it, going into 2018, we had the third most players in the NBA behind Duke, Carolina, and Kansas. What a fourth, fourth most out of any school, high school, college. We had the fourth most players in the NBA in 2018. Wow, I didn't know that. Well, my thing with asking, you know, Jamar has done some actual coaching, um, was an assistant with the girls at Nansen River this past year, and was at Princess Anne under Darnell Dozier. Uh, now, Jamar, I'm, I don't want to put you on the spot because Hatfield has done that, and he's known to mess up a lot of lives. I try to make things easy. In, in doing this, you're close to everything that's going on. You're close to some great, great players some great teams on the AU circuit. You've seen the high school. What changes do you think, if you thought of this, that we need to do? We just found out we got a new change in high school basketball next year. Uh, the one-on-one -on -one is gone. We're going to shoot two free throws on the, I guess, the fifth or the sixth foul of every quarter. Fifth foul every quarter, And yeah. then restart it. So one-on-one -on -one is gone. Do you, and, I, and, I, and that was in the top of my head. So that's what I want to ask you, since you've seen so much, you've been involved in this, bas this sport of basketball from very different levels. Is there anything you think that needs to change, something needs to come on? I know a lot of times people say, well, we should streamline high school, college, pro. I don't think that's always necessary. That's my opinion. But what do you think? The first thing is implementing a shot clock. Now, the time of the shot clock or the intervals, I think that's still to be determined. There's a lot of games where we see in the area on the high school level where the pace is so slow. You got teams that are stalled with a two-point lead in the first half. And it just takes away from the flow of the game. It takes away from the rhythm of the officials, the players, everybody involved. Uh, if we had a even a 35-second shot clock, I think we would see much more uh, improved basketball in the area and across the state. I don't think it's something that should be exclusive to our region at all. I think it's something that should be in place from top to bottom. That's the only one? Only By the way, I disagree with you, but that's okay. I still love you greatly. <laughs> Likewise. Uh, that's, that's the first one. Uh, I think that's the most important, just 
getting the pace of the game up to a high level. We see it during the spring and the summer uh, when tournaments come in town with shot clocks. and We, we, we just see the output, whether it's a, a slow defensive game or if it's an up-tempo uh, scoring fest. Now, I've, I've heard this rumor coming. The next talk in the high school level is to eliminate the you foul out with five fouls. In other words, you, you can st you can get a million fouls, but you still play. Really? Now, whether or not yeah, that's been I heard, I heard talk. six. They're talking about just no foul limit at all. I've heard six though. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind. I don't know if I go no limit at all. Um, the problem with that, people are going to say, "Oh, you're going to have some uh, um, hatchet man in there just fouling the left because he knows he ain't got to go anywhere." I, I disagree yeah. with that. Coaches aren't that stupid. They're going to control that. Are you sure about that? What's that? The coaches aren't that stupid. Well, <laughs> Jamar's shaking his head no over there. I don't want to get into I don't want to be derogatory towards coaches. I love of everybody. Of course not, because you defend Boone Nolzer and Joe Mazzulla and everybody. But go ahead, continue on. Um, if Joe Mazzulla lose another game, his, his butt's out of here, too. Jimmy um, fired him last night, but go ahead. Yeah, he, he needs to be gone. That team should be. I don't even want to get into that. Okay. Um, and Denver is going to win it all, anyways. Um, I don't, J Jamar. Your quick thought. I think you. I saw you shaking your head. No, you leave it as it is. Uh, leave it as is, or increase the six. I'm with Matt on that one. Uh, I wouldn't, you know, oppose six at all. I, I do think there needs to be a limit because if if there's no foul out or disqualification limit, you, you're going to see a lot of unnecessary hacking because I know I can foul you as many times. Especially if you plan, think about game planning for a team who likes to get down here or paint touches. Okay, I'm listening to you. Now I'll be the bad guy. With the new rule coming in, five fouls a quarter, what idiot coach is going to allow somebody to be a hatchet man and just keep fouling all the time? You're going to be shooting two free throws within a minute of the game. It's going to hurt you. So, And then the other thing about that, too, the five fouls, two shot now, Remember towards the end of the game how we as coaches will go ahead and foul on purpose. We're behind. We need the ball. That's gone now. It, it's going to change coaching a little bit where you're not – got to be careful wasting fouls. you got to be careful fouling because now it's not one-on-one anymore. It's two shots. And if that kid's a pretty good foul shooter, you're giving them basically two points. But, I, again, I like to think it can, it can be done where it, it's a sport where we let people play. Football, what does football have? Just automatic ejection if you act like a fool. But you can come in and out as you please. Now, baseball has a problem. You Once you come out of the game, you can't come back in the game. I mean, maybe that should change in baseball. I, the reason I say it, I'd like to see it change in basketball is <laughs> I want my stud in the game. He might be the one getting the doggone fouls, and now i got to worry about sitting him. I am one of those coaches. When you get two fouls first quarter, you're coming out. Three fouls first half, you're coming out. I'm sorry. Somebody else got to pick up the slack. I think uh, it, it has to be a limit because – and even – let's think about the five two, – two shots on the fifth foul. If I'm playing against, say, a Matt Hatfield, I'm going to poke at Matt here, right, and Matt's not a great free throw shooter, and I'm going to just foul Matt and let him go to the line, get his two attempts. Hopefully he misses one or both, and we can turn that and convert the other way. And if we can go two for one and I can foul Matt with no penalty – why wouldn't I do that? So it has to be some type of limit or restriction there. So quick follow-up to that. So are you – it's sort of a two-fold question. Ed and I, I think, are on the same wavelength with this, that we have to be careful not to mimic high school to become college rules, college to become NBA rules with everything. I know people want shot clock and different things, but it is the high school game, so it still is a college game. It's not the NBA game. 
But to go along with that, Jamar, in the NBA they have, like, take an intentional foul. You think they should maybe look at something like that for high school to prevent that strategy being from just outright, we're going to use this to exploit a weakness of a player or so? I think so. Um, I think that's what the, the two shots on the fifth foul does is, one, like Coach said, it gives coaches a second thought at how much you want to foul and when and where you want to foul, uh, especially with leaving the individual disqualification at five fouls per player. Um, it's something that should be in place, in, in my opinion. Well, you, again, when I saw the rule come into play, and I didn't know it was going to come in, actually, Matt's the one that told me. I said, I didn't know they were talking about that one. I had to quickly think, okay, what are my strategies? And there is something I've – I'm not going to say I came up and by myself, and I'm going to run it by some other coaches. But I now have figured out what the new strategy would be in that situation because you better be on top of it or it can come back and, and bite you in the butt. But I, I like to think high school is high school. College is college. Pro is pro. Now, if you want to make rule changes, where you want to do it at the young, young level? Right here. The high-level AAU. You can mimp, let that mimic the college rules because a lot of these kids will get the chance to play next level. Not all high school. Why does a high school team hold the ball against a certain team? Well, they don't have the weapon, so to speak, to go against them. So we're going to change the pace, slow it down, frustrate. That's strategy. That coach should have the opportunity. Now, most people don't want to watch it. But when's the last time we saw a team hold the ball a whole quarter and the end of the quarter was 2 nothing? I can't remember. I've been on both sides of that. I've held the ball in one games that I never thought I could win. I never thought we'd hold the ball. But I said, it's the only way we can try it, and it has worked. And I've been against teams that have held the ball against me because we had a little bit more talent than they did, and i got to think of what i got to do to step it up. So I hate when you start legislating strategy out. Baseball, I am still livid about you can't do the shift anymore in baseball. Why? Because guys are hitting in a shift and they can't hit, and people don't want to see that. Bunt the ball down third baseline, hit opposite field. You eliminate the shift? That's strategy. Don't take strategy out of the game. That's up to the coaches and managers in terms of how they do that. So that, that's my 28 cents on it. I'm with you, Coach. Uh, but if that's the case, and we're talking basketball and trajectory and matriculation, uh, NBA 24 seconds, college is 30. Why can't we go to 35 seconds at the high school level? It, it's still a – oh, it's more than half a minute for a team to, you know, progress through a set and get a second or third progression and still get a, a quality shot attempt or if it results in a turnover. But we're seeing both teams get at least one touch within that minute. And I, I think that's more deserving when we talk about uh, paying spectators and, and things of that nature. Well, and I, a shot clock would not hurt me. We shoot the ball probably in three seconds half the dog on time because I'm afraid if we keep passing the ball, I'm going to end up with a shot. So why keep fighting it then if it's going to happen? Because I don't really think we need it. I, I agree I think, with you on that premise. I think I really don't think, I think we it's need it. More so, than needed. so why do it? You know, why change something for the sake of change? I don't think that's always good. Remember, high school is the least experienced of the group, and the coaching is a little bit more pure in high school because you got kids that aren't that good on the team. College, you recruit them. Pros, you draft them and free agent them. So those guys are much better, and, and you have a situation in the pros 24 seconds because they shoot the ball quick. There's not a whole lot of practice going on. Well, but I think the bigger thing is it's, it is wanted more than needed, but what's the harm in it? And I think if it does make the game better, I, all I've argued for, Jamar, is this is someone do a summer league or camp 
and chart the analytics, which this can easily be done with all technology now, of shooting percentages, pace of play, and efficiency with and without a shot clock. If it's not hindered negatively, go ahead with it. The problem more so is it's one of the needed and the cost to put it into place if you yes, have someone to pay to do it. But it's not like I think you're holding on to purists like baseball people that didn't want to wanted a clock for pitch. Just come to grips with it. It's going to happen just like we're going to get NIL and stuff like that. So Don't get me started. Uh, well, we won't. <laughs> but before we let you run, we're talking with Jamar Simmons, the right-hand man from day-to-day and time-to-time for Boo Williams, also a coach in the area. He's coached with Princess Sand and Nance River. He's an alum of Nance River, one of the league directors for the Ben Moore Fall League here on 757 Saturday Sports Talk on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Get a little plug out there for the Ben Moore Fall League coming up in October. There's a lot of coaches that listed, teams and players that get involved with it. It's been a great league for many years in honor of the late, great Ben Moore who coached at Minchville and at Warwick High School. And uh, you, along with... Uh, I guess we can say former Western Branch Hoops coach Paul Hall since he's officially stepped down. We got the article on Virginia Preps and uh, my guy to my right here, uh, your coach, Coach Ed Young, have run this league. Tell the people about it and how they can get involved if they like and uh, all the particulars if you can. We're excited to get the 2023 rendition uh, going this October. We uh, are looking for about 24 varsity teams, eight JV teams. We really, we're not going to set us a concrete number. But we usually like to fill out around 32 teams. Teams will play uh, on one night a week, two games a night. And we usually run about five weeks, starting in the third or fourth week of September. We like to wrap up last week of October. That gives the teams a chance to take at least a week break before the official of, uh, I mean, before the start of VHSL official basketball season. Been a highly successful league. Um, it's one of the best in the state. Um, I'm saying that because, yeah, I'm one of the direct, one of the original directors. Um, but it is good. It's good basketball. It's one of the very few that has a JV league. JVs always seem to get uh, not, second thoughts or whatever. So we try to run it. Uh, we, and we do some rule changes in there, too. We've done the six-file-out rule. Um, so we, we experiment sometimes a little bit with it. And uh, I guess we'll implement the five files per quarter. I guess we can do that this year since we get everybody used to it. So it's a good way for coaches to kind of use it as developmental for themselves too. So um, we should, we'll have, we'll be turning teams away as always. And not just uh, teams from around the area, whether it be you know Nancy John Marshall, River, John Marshall from Richmond. How about that? And maybe if we can get Ed on a, on a trip to Angola with Ty, that'd be fun, right? That's, that'd that's, be that'd beautiful. Be a, we'll I can grab it. a player too. Also, I'm still looking. I had a winter recruiting trip last week, Jamar, six eight kid. I can't tell you where he's from. Can't tell you where I talked to because everybody accused me of recruiting. We, we think alike, Jamar. We'll send Ed to Angola for two weeks in July. You can you see me in Angola? We'd start a war. Yeah, you would start a war. Thanks as always. We had to mention that the time when we see There you go. We'll see him for sure. That is Jamar Simmons, one of the uh, main guys. The best. Keeping it going here. Afloat at Blue Williams. Thank you so much. We'll see you soon. Thanks for having me. That's Jamar with us here on 757 Saturday Sports Talk from the Hoop Group Southern Jam Fest. Another timeout coming your way. Give us a call if you like at 757-687-9494 as we move things along here at Southern Jam Fest Saturday in May on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Hampton Roads has a long-running high school and college sports tradition. It's time to give them the spotlight they deserve. This is 757 Saturday Sports Talk on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Here are Matt Hatfield and Coach Ed Young. Welcome back here at the Booplex in Hampton, the Booliam Sportsplex for the 2023 Hoop Group Southern Jam Fest. It is 757 Saturday Sports Talk brought to you by Larry King Law. If you're injured in an accident, you know who to call at 757-I-N-J-U-R-E-D. 
for Larry King with the coach Ed Young. I am Matt Hatford, and we're pleased, Ed, to be joined by a special guest. He is the head men's basketball coach of the Yellow Jackets of Randolph-Macon, national champions a year ago, 29-2 overall, perfect 16-0 in the ODAC. And we love talking about this all the time. We have three of the very best programs and national championship coaches in our state. John Krikorian came on and won a title at CNU. Dave Macedo's been on and won a title at Virginia Wesleyan. This guy has two. Josh Markle with us. Uh, Coach, good to see you. How you been? Doing great. Uh, I, I thought I'd only get on here after we won the big one, so it's, uh, no, I'm humbled no. to be back. Now you've been talking big, with you you've guys. Been, you've been always big with us forever. Hatfield said you were little back in the day, but I never said. That. <laughs> I have to give you a funny story. This was about a month and a half ago or so, or thereabouts. You know, I'm, I'm estimating. We had Mike Rhodes, former Randolph Macon head coach, on the show, former VCU head coach, and Ed, as he tends to do, asking the hard hitting questions, said, "Well, I hear there's a rumor that you're going to be the next head coach at Penn State." <laughs> and Rhodes, in perfect Rhodesy fashion, deflected this. I want to talk about the great Division Three basketball we have with Randolph Macon and Josh Merkel and CNU and John McCorian <laughs> and Dave Macedo. He deflected it beautifully, and he said, if they need a linebacker, I mean, I don't know if I can help them, but he can try. So <laughs> Mike he gave you right. guys a pop yeah. in, in deflecting Ed's question. Good so get question, ready Ed. because Ed's coming for questions your way now. <laughs> and he had the Penn State people waiting for him. Oh. He had the interview later that oh, day. They were killing him. Finish it on Twitter. Sunday. Yeah. Nobody believed it, and then it was announced. I said, yeah. what do you, I was there. Now, you want me to say something about this guy sitting right next to me? Well, Macon, you won't have him long. It's, that's all I'm going to say. Is you that won't golden have him long. black going to turn into a golden black at another level? Is that what you're trying to say I'm here? I'm just okay. trying to tell you, Macon, enjoy him because he will not be there long. He's already in demand, and I'm going to leave it at that. I've got sources <laughs> and all kind of places. And not only that, and Randolph Macon is a fantastic place to be. They were great before Josh got there. He took it to another level, winning the national title. But you. You can't win national titles division three schools and not get wanted by the big boys that pay some big money. And Randolph Macon will know that. Josh don't want to hear none of that. I understand all that. That's why he's here today recruiting these guys. He's going to steal a 6'8 kid probably out of Georgia in some way. Of course, got NIL deals, so Macon could give what? Get like free donuts? What's your NIL deal for Macon? I mean, they got to have something yeah, to for be the determined. To be See, determined. that's what I'm saying, to be determined. <laughs> But, no, this guy has a lot of respect for this guy. He's, a work, he's one of the workers in the business, hard worker, and he's a high-character guy. We don't have a whole lot of them left. He's a high-character guy. That's why I like calling him a friend. Well, you look at his roster, Ed. He not only has a player from Georgia from this past season, I think he has seven guys from the Commonwealth of Virginia, including Josh Talbert in our own backyard from Kellum High School, who was great in the championship game. And he does have a guy from Australia and a guy from Turkey, so he's been able to get international flavor too. Yeah. It's all over the place. I mean, he's all over the place. High mileage, he's getting people. I wish our program was good enough to send him somebody, but, you know, he looked at my roster and he said, ah, Ed, I don't, you know, we can't take none of them. The That's program okay. is good enough. I, I wouldn't say that, uh, but we can't take everybody. Yeah, I know you can't take everybody. That's exactly right. question I want to throw your way, uh, Coach, is that I know you can't comment about specific players, but an event like this one, which is you have so many games going on at once, you know, this section of the Boo Williams Plex, that section, the Virginia Beach Sports Center, What's it do for you in recruiting? Because it is ever-changing before our very eyes. Yeah, I mean, it's where having great assistants that do some homework early, talk to these AAU coaches and high school guys so that you have a, a good idea when you're going in of who to see. You can't just walk in and, and think you're going to figure it out. So, uh, you know, testament to those guys and uh, a lot of good teams, a lot of good players. So you got to, you know, have some clarity about what you want in a player in a pro, in, for your program. So in a lot of ways, more of the work is done before you even walk in the building. I mean, you have work to do, obviously, evaluating and, and yeah. doing your, you know, watching of players to see what fits, what may not fit. But a lot of the brunt work's done before you even walk in. 
100%. And I'll never forget, I was watching Josh Talbert, you know, since we've brought him up court three, and he didn't play great, but I had seen him with his high school team at Kellum. And uh, you got to get multiple evaluations. You got to maybe see him with both. You got to be careful not to write guys off after just one evaluation, too. And I, and I would think the same thing is if you see him play great with his high school team, that's nice, too. But then you might say, well, I'm going to go want to see him play at a bigger opportunity, bigger stage against some yep. better competition to, to solidify. Now, you know what I'm going to ask him. Here we go. And I hate saying this, but as, as a talking head, I'm supposed to. Transfer, transfer what's it called? Transfer portal. Transfer portal. Yeah. It's affected everybody. Sure. How does it affect you in particular, because that's what we got to talk about. Yep. And, and is it different for Division One, Two, Three? It is different. I mean, I've, I've talked to some buddies that, let's say, Division One level, and you know this to it, they're, um, every day they're checking the portal. I thought it was every day. I talked to one buddy. He's like, more like every hour. You know, refresh the screen, yeah, see right. who's in there, because you got to get in early and make the calls. I mean, for us, I, I don't even know the, uh, the the password to get into the portal <laughs> that's and check it. That's where I'm at. I didn't know there was uh, a that. My assistant has it. He's checked it a, a few times, but none of the guys coming in for us are transfers. So it hasn't quite trickled down. As well. Not saying we wouldn't. I think if there was a guy that we recruited in high school that uh, didn't have a good experience and it made sense for what we need, but we love developing guys from within. We've had great success with guys staying four-year career and you know we won a big one because buzz anthony stayed you know rather than uh transfer up um he he was felt like he was where he was supposed to be and knew that we had a chance to win at a high level and it was great for him because look at he's now in germany and he led the league in assists and uh it, it's a cool to see a story like that where you don't have to make a move the grass is not always greener but yeah it's a fight just an awesome story. I think a lot of kids maybe not, they don't understand it or want to grasp it, that you can go to Division Three and make a mark and earn a living and have a great life and not have to go to the Division One ranks. But to follow up on that, Coach, it makes me wonder, I heard this from a lot of Division One, Division Two coaches, do you all at your level have to re-recruit your own guys even these days? Is it more than, than uh, the past? Or maybe it hasn't hit you as much and trickled down in that respect? It, for me, it's a, it's a great question. I mean, I think you're always building relationships, and it, so I don't look at it as re-recruiting. Um, I don't even like the word recruit. So let's build relationships, but yeah, let's help people develop. And it, I think you, people will stay when they feel like they're growing and when they feel like they have good connections and relationships on the team. So that's where you got to invest your energy and um, you know, Randall make a great school. So it's you know, people understand the value of staying. What advice would you give? A new coach, be it at the high school level, college level, and even some of the other coaches, what advice have you gotten that's helped you along your way? Mm. Well, keep growing. Like, control the controllables. Focus on what you can. Figure out how to add value to players in the program that you're working with. And then be consistent and intense. Have a high intensity around those things. And just like players have strengths, coaches have strengths. Lean into your strength. Talking with Josh Merkley, the head men's basketball coach at Randolph-Macon, our guest here at the Hoop Group Southern Jam Fest. It is 757 Saturday, Sports Talk on Priority Auto, Sports Radio 94.1, Ed. Well, I'm going to jump back to the, in the portal. I'm going to be in the portal. The thing, Josh, I don't like about it, back in the day, yeah. the portal, when they didn't even call it that, coaches ran players off, especially new coaches. Yeah. Um, guys' grades weren't good. They had to leave. Guys were problem kids. They got rid of you know, they, you Basically, when you were looking to transfer, it was probably of a negative reason. That's not true anymore because you see guys, and this yeah. is where I'm, I'm going to lead to my question to you is, you'll see guys at this younger level, all right, let's say Division three. I'm going to take your level, Division three, top five score in the country, Division three. Yeah. That kid says, okay, i got to leave now. i got to go in the portal because this is too easy for me. I average 28 points a game. I can play at Tennessee. 
So they just jump in it without no recourse. Nobody really wanted them. They're just going to jump in and see it. <laughs> yes. this, this is my perception yes. of it. Matt said to you, do you have to re-recruit? I know you don't like that. But you might get a kid on your squad that is playing really well, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, and he doesn't even tell you, all of a sudden mm-hmm. he wants to leave. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, okay, what do we do wrong? And it has nothing with doing wrong. It's yeah. these kids think maybe somebody gets in their ear like they do in the AU level. Hey, man, you're better than Randolph Macon. you got to go. That's the part that's bothering me. Yeah. How do you look at that at that? Well, the, the first thing is it's some of it's out of my control. So I'm going to control what I can. And if that, that's the decision that that kid family make, um, you know, l- let it go. Uh, and, and so Because there's other good players that want to be here, and let's focus on and put our time and energy into that. But I, I also think it's, it's a bad precedent. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Just because Absolutely. you can play Absolutely. up doesn't mean you should make that jump. I, I think our job is uh, helping educate guys. Um, and make them think about the the long-term decision career because hey if you're in a marriage it's just because you can leave that doesn't mean you should and what are we teaching guys about commitment uh you know this is a small commitment when we say four years and to see guys jumping ship um yeah it is a little disconcerting we don't know what it's going to lead to and the reason it bothers me is you just talked a big word about building a relationship with your players and that's very important i tell young coaches it's a little bit more important than your x and o's because if you can't get through to that kid, it doesn't matter what you know. You've got to really get to know that kid. Sit down and talk to him. doesn't mean you're going to be hugging him all the time, which a lot of coaches do. They'll hug and love the best player, and they'll scream at the 13th man. I never got that idea. Yeah. Well, I don't want to lose. I might lose him. But then that kid ends up burning you in the butt, and that's a whole other story. Yep. But my thing is, you can have a great relationship with a player, but once that kid feels I'm better than this program, they'll listen to people who don't even know their middle name Whereas you're doing everything you can, especially at your level, because you don't have all the illegal crap that the Division One boys have and what they throw all over the place. Yeah. So you you have to really build that relationship. But even today, you don't have it. And here's why I say it. AAU basketball, when, it, when I first got involved with it at a high level, it was great. Everybody's cheering for the team. The team, they wanted to see the team move on, win the national title. Same thing in high school. Yeah. Well, now I see all people care most. People correct me if they want. All they care about is their kid. They see their kid. They want their kid playing a lot. They want their kid scoring a lot. Why? Because John Calipari's over there in bleachers. I think he's going to recruit him, which he's not there to see that kid. <laughs> and now it trickles into the high school. Yeah. It used to be we're going to go to state title. Parents couldn't care less about winning the state title. Yeah. Why is my kid not playing? When he is playing, why is he not scoring all the time? Why are we not run the offense through him? And I think it seeped into the college level where it's not so much you guys got to worry about parents, but, hey, I'm better than this level. I should have been playing Division One all along. Or Division One kid, I should be playing up. Or an up player saying, well, I'm only going to be here one year. i got to get out of here. I'm a pro guy. Mm-hmm. It's too much of that kind of stuff that bothers me. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know that I have a good answer for any of it other than, um, you know, trying to find. And, and maybe that stuff was always happening, but it's so magnified now by that's, the social media. So exactly. maybe there's those feelings were there. Now it's become more um, more popular and, and, and less of, like, uh, counterculture. But well, And you made a great comment to it is, Hey, I can only control what I control. Yeah. You build a relationship. You hope they stay. If I get one great year out of them, so yeah. be it. I got to get get that next kid ready. And and again, it's what your your body of work does. You guys want a national title. That doesn't help people. But I still get people tell me. Parents will tell me. I had a parent tell me two days ago. I said they asked me, Coach, what do you think about the kid's an eighth grader? Coach, what do you think of the level my kid can play? I said, Well, he's probably going to be JV. No, no, I mean next level. I said, your son's in eighth grade. <laughs> Next level for us is can he yeah. play JV, then high school will go from there. 
I said, now, if you're talking long-term projection, he's got to grow. He's got to get bigger. Right now, maybe skill-wise, Division three. Oh, no, no, not Division three. They don't give scholarship. i got to go somewhere else. <laughs> I was just flabbergasted. Well, he wins 27, 28, 29, 33 games. He doesn't win 25-plus. They're going to be calling for his head. He's the national <laughs> champion coach from 2022 at Randolph-Macon. Josh Merkel, always a pleasure. We'll see you again soon. Thanks, Thanks for, for having me, guys. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate it. Thank you, man. Josh Merkel stopping by with us. We'll come back with Steve Keller from the National Recruiting Report Steve. here at the Southern Jam Fest on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1.